So if you looked at your uh, bulletin this morning next to message and you saw Joshua 13 through 21, those aren't verses. Those are chapters. So we're going to cover a lot of material uh, this morning. So I'll do a little bit of review, and, but then I'm going to uh, camp on uh, uh, Joshua 18, uh, verse 1, around there. Uh, so let's pray for us. Lord, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you have uh, revealed yourself uh, to us through your word, Lord. And our desire, Lord, is to know you more, Lord. And um, we pray that um, that would happen this morning. Lord, uh, be with me uh, as I preach your word, Lord. And uh, let your uh, spirit uh, move through this place, Lord, through our hearts. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week with uh, chapter 10 of Joshua, I described Joshua's defense of the Gibeonites uh, in honor of the covenant that he made with them and how the Lord heeded the voice of a man and how uh, remarkable an event that was. Uh, This was in reference to the boldness of Joshua's prayer uh, to lengthen the day, or as uh, the Scripture says it, the sun sun stands still. He was able to be bold uh, because his radical prayer was entirely based on God's promises, especially the promise to give him and his uh, armies victory in the land. And then I suggested that we can be bold in our prayers also based on God's promises uh, to us. And then we continued very quickly through chapters 11 and 12 and uh, which essentially described the remaining conquest of the land. Uh, Chapter 11, uh, especially at the beginning, describes the overwhelming odds that the uh, Israelites faced, Uh, even uh, superior weaponry that they had. The scripture mentions that the enemy had horses and chariots, uh, chapter 11, verse 4. And, And these were faced by Joshua and his armies, yet they had God on their side, and God was faithful to give Israel uh, victory. And then chapter 12 records uh, a representative list of all the kings that had been defeated. Uh, I think there's uh, 31 in all, but there were probably more. Uh, but there were uh, representatives. So uh, the book of Joshua as a whole is divided into four main sections. Uh, we already covered the crossing into the land. Uh, Taking the land is the second one. Dividing the land as an inheritance and then serving the Lord in the land. So last week we completed the second main section of uh, conquering the land or taking the land. And this morning we're going to cover the the third section, uh, dividing and inheriting the land. Uh, Again, chapters uh, 13 through 21. So these nine chapters are often overlooked uh, or skimmed because in some p- opinions they're, they're about as exciting as the Levitical laws and the genealogies and the census details. Uh, as, as you read these chapters, you'll find lots being cast, uh, you'll find lots being assigned, and you'll find lots of names um, and lots of repetition. So there's lots of lots. 
So uh, these, these chapters are seen by many to be boring and irrelevant, especially irrelevant to us. You know, what do they have to do with us? I mean, I don't agree with that opinion because I believe, and I know you believe, uh, what Paul said in 2 Timothy. All Scripture is youth useful. All Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. And that means Joshua chapters 13 through 21 as well, and the genealogies, and the census details. So obviously I'm not going to read all nine of those chapters uh, this morning, but this, this section forms a unit uh, with a few issues and themes that I'd like to address. And uh, so one of those is, as, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the theme of inheritance. Inheritance is, is mentioned over 50 times in, in these chapters. Uh, so think about what these chapters meant to the people at the time. Even while the land was being distributed for the inheritance, uh, there was still the process of, of negotiating borders, and, and there was still the process of removing all of the inhabitants, all the leftover inhabitants. And the book itself was probably written uh, during this time. So you can just imagine that this book was used as a reference, you know, sort of like when we go to town hall and, and we look at their, uh, their land records uh, the, where the, they have the property lot maps. So you can see that these inheritance chapters would have been uh, definitely uh, not boring to them. Uh, you know, so imagine that you receive a registered letter in the mail from you know, your aunt, aunt Gertrude or your uncle Clyde and, and, and in this, this long letter, uh, you've been identified as the only survivor, uh, the only surviving relative, and that you are inheriting their estate. Okay, and, and inside the letter are pages and pages of all that you've inherited. And, and there's an itemized account of houses and cars and, and priceless furniture and fine art and, and, and antiques. You know, there's a, a vacation home in the Caribbean and there's even one in the mountains. And uh, so I'd suggest that no, no matter how long the list was, uh, you would not get bored with that, would you? You'd be you know, at page eight and wondering if there's another page. You know, maybe there's page nine and page 10. I mean, it's your inheritance. It, it's great news. In fact, the longer the letter is, the better it is, right? Uh, I, I know I'd be... I'd be like that. And th this would be the case with these chapters of Joshua uh, for the original readers. Uh, this is great news for the people reading it. They're, this is their land that's being described in these chapters. It's their inheritance. And God promised to fulfill uh, to them. It's God's promise. So it's great news because God has delivered on these, His promises. So roughly in the middle of this long section, uh, in chapter 18, uh, verse 1, we find uh, Joshua assembling the people at a place called Shiloh. This is the first time Shiloh is mentioned in, in all of Scripture. And it's roughly, you know, geographically, geographically, it's roughly in the center of the Promised Land. And, and Joshua would place the Ark of the Covenant there, uh, which was housed inside the portable 
tabernacle or, or the tent of meeting. And, and Shiloh was, was carefully chosen by Joshua uh, to be the religious center for the Israelites. And, and its location, its physical location, was, was perfectly suited for worship. It, it was surrounded uh, on most sides by hills, and, and there was uh, pasture lands nearby and a reliable source of water all close by. Uh, verse uh, chapter 18, 1, it says, Then the whole congregation of the people of Israel assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land lay subdued before them. The land lay subdued before them. So at, at this point, the process of assigning the tribes uh, their inheritance or assigning their land had already begun. The two, the two and one half tribes uh, of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh, they've gone back east, okay, back over the Jordan to where Moses had originally given them their inheritance. I don't know if you remember that when they first crossed in the Jordan and they were entering into the land and said, hey, you guys, you guys promised to come along with us. And they did, they honored that, the, the two and a half tribes. But now they're heading back. Uh, the uh, conquest is, is over. And then the tribe of Joseph, uh, which uh, consists of the, half, the other half-tribe of Manasseh, and also Ephraim, they're assigned their inheritance. And then uh, Judah is assigned land as well. So if you've been keeping track, that's five um, tribes total right there. Now, while they're, assigned, they're assembled at Shiloh, where they set up God's tabernacle, Joshua assigns the remaining seven tribes uh, their, their lands uh, by lot. And he exhorts them to go and possess their lands. He says in verse 3 to the tribes, How long will you put off going in to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? Now this is a, a, an issue, this issue of entirely possessing the land completely possessing land and is going to haunt the nation in the future. There, and there are, there are many hints to that in, in these chapters. Uh, chapter 15, verse 63, But the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the people of Judah could not drive out. So the Jebusites dwell with the people of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Uh, 16.10 However, they did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites have lived in the midst of Ephraim to this day, but have been made to do forced labor. And then chapter 17, uh, verse 12. Yet the people of Manasseh could not take possession of those cities, but the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. Now, when the people of Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. And that's what God told them to do. And of course, those aren't exactly hints, are they? That's, that's exactly the way it was. The failure of the nation to completely drive out the remaining uh, pagans will have dire consequences in the future. So these, these same pagans, uh, with their unholy practices, will continuously tempt and, and be adopted by uh, the people of Israel. And of course that, that brought upon them uh, 
God's righteous judgment and ultimately uh, being exiled or cast out from the land. So as, as I've said before, the Lord giving the land uh, to the people of Israel as an inheritance was part of the covenant that God had made with them. And they needed to act on that covenant and drive the people out of the land. So in Joshua, in these chapters, uh, we see the Lord upholding his end of the bargain, uh, so to speak. Uh, and in that way, the book is emphasizing. It's emphasizing the, the covenant that God has made with Israel because it's showing the Lord being faithful to what he's promised to do. In fact, uh, we see this statement at, at uh, the end of Joshua 21. Uh, where the text reads, it says, Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it, and they settled there. And then it goes on in verse 45, same chapter, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. Not one word. All came to pass. And so, with, with the book of Joshua by showing Israel conquering the land and then apportioning the land among the tribes. It's being emphasized that the Lord is giving them exactly what he had promised to give them. And he's bringing to pass everything that he said he would do. And now the ball's in Israel's court, so to speak. It's putting the onus now on Israel uh, to uphold their end of the bargain, their end of the covenant, and, and um, to be suitable representatives of the Lord your God on all they do in the land. And then, as they uh, seek uh, to expand the borders of the land given them, uh, they're to make God known to the nations. It's also part of the covenant, that's the plan. So it's important to know here uh, that these land assignments uh, for the 12 tribes were entirely at the direction of the Lord. You know, many times in this section we read the words before the Lord, before the Lord our God, emphasizing God's continued hand uh, and, and work in the nation of Israel. Uh, in other words, the land assignments, they, they weren't just randomly handed out by uh, Joshua and the leaders. So there was no human favoritism. There was no human influence in this. So as, as the lots were drawn, and that's just the way they did things back then, uh, at times, uh, the lots were guided by the hand of God, and the inheritance was passed up to each of the tribes. So along with Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and Judah, Judah, Ephraim, and the other half-tribe of Manasseh. So that's five. There's uh, Benjamin, and Simeon, and Zebulun, and Issachar, Asher, Nephtali, and Dan. So that's another seven uh, for a total of twelve. They're all given their inheritance as, as promised by the Lord their God. And then uh, within these special allotments, uh, within these allotments, the two spies Caleb and Joseph, I mean Joshua, get uh, a special inheritance. You know, faithful uh, Caleb of the tribe of Judah, he receives uh, Hebron, 
or Hebron. And Joshua, uh, from the tribe of Ephraim, his inheritance is described in chapter 19. It says, when they had finished distributing the several territories of the land as inheritances, the people of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, the son of Nun. By command of the Lord, they gave them him the city that he asked, Timnath, Serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, and he rebuilt the city and settled in it. And it just goes to show you what kind of man Joshua is, and that after all the land had been distributed, he receives his at the end. And then finally, in chapters 20 and 21, the cities of refuge are named, and then the cities and pasture land are assigned to the tribe of Levi, the priests. Uh, this, this tribe didn't receive land as, as part of their inheritance. They received the Lord as, as part of their inheritance. Uh, they received the, the tithes of the Israelites for their support, and the cities, and cities were allotted to them uh, for their dwelling places out of the inheritance of the other tribes. So they, their cities were made up by um, taking four cities from each of the tribes, uh, each of the 12 tribes, for a total of 48 Levitical cities. Now this, this, is, this kind of blows me away because God, in his wisdom, he had dispersed the Levites throughout the land uh, to enable them you know, as, as the official representatives of the Hebrew faith you know, to, to be able to instruct the people in the law and also in the worship of, of the Lord your, their God. And, and of course, we have um, a similar uh, setup to that. The churches dispersed throughout the world uh, doing the same thing. So Joshua assigned the tribes their land allotments. Now these tribes needed to move into those areas and then drive out the remaining pagans living there. There's still a lot of work to be done as we read through these chapters. Israel has won many great victories. They control the major uh, trade routes. Uh, they've seized the major enemy strongholds. Uh, and strategic locations, but they have yet to fully possess the land. So what does this mean? You know, what does this mean for Joshua and his people and also for us? Well, what it means is that just like Joshua and the people, we have received an inheritance. Amen? We've received an inheritance, but we need to do something about it. Just like they did. We need to claim it. We need to possess it. And we need to live in it. God gave the promised land as an inheritance to the people of Israel so that they might claim it, possess it, and live in it. And in doing so, they would be a light to the world. They would draw people to themselves and then point the people to their God. You know, God chose the nation of Israel to be the people through whom Jesus Christ would be born. Uh, the, the Savior from sin and death, as of course John 3.16 points out. And God first promised that this Messiah would come after Adam and Eve's fall into sin in Genesis 3. And then it was later confirmed by 
the covenant, uh, by covenant that the Messiah would come from the line of Abraham, Genesis 12. Jesus is the ultimate reason why God chose Israel to be a special people. You know, God didn't need to have a chosen people. But that's the way he decided to do it. That's one of those uh, mysteries that we talk about. I mean, Jesus had to come from some nation, right? He had to come from some people, and, and God chose Israel. And still, you know, God's reason for choosing the nation of Israel wasn't just for the purpose of producing the Messiah. You know, God's desire for Israel was that they would go and teach others about him. Israel was to be a nation of priests and prophets and missionaries uh, to the world. So God's intent was for Israel to be a distinct people, uh, a nation who pointed others uh, towards God, and, of course, God's uh, promised Redeemer, Messiah, Savior. And, but for the most part, Israel failed in this uh, particular task. However, God's ultimate purpose for Israel, uh, that of bringing the Messiah into the world, was fulfilled perfectly in the person of Jesus Christ. Now consequently, believers have a different kind of inheritance. An inheritance that we also need to claim, that we also need to possess, and we also need to live in. Uh, and Jesus came to earth to share his spiritual inheritance with his followers. I mean, we, not, we might not be able to escape the pain and the suffering that uh, comes in our life, but our, our lives can um, begin to reflect uh, God's image and holiness, you know, even amidst that pain and suffering. So what, what should a, look, a life look like that is a reflection of our uh, spiritual, her spiritual heritage. You know, what would that look like? So here are, are five the signs of, of someone who's living out their spiritual inheritance on earth. One is joy and peace. You know, moody, uh, grumpy, and, and dour Christians, you know, we're, we're not very attractive uh, to the world, are we? Um, if, if we've truly grasped our spiritual inheritance from heaven, I mean, how can we be joyless? How can we be moody and grumpy? And, and our, our joy and our peace doesn't depend on our circumstances, does it? I mean, God never promised us a, a perfect life, but He does promise us something that money can't buy, and, and that's peace, a perfect peace. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 26, 3, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. So joy and peace are a part of our spiritual inheritance. Another sign is, is contentment. Uh, spiritually mature Christians uh, will treat life on earth you know, sort of like a, a transit station uh, rather than the final destination. Uh, Peter 
refers to us as, uh, as, as sojourners and exiles in this world. And when you have this kind of mindset, uh, you'll begin to see things, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to look at things very differently. Uh, the focus of our time and our resources will be on, on things of eternal nature, right? Not just worldly things. Uh, life will feel abundant, you know, even if we don't have all those things of material wealth. Uh, because our pleasure will be found in a relationship with God, our Father, and our heavenly treasures. Uh, as the, uh, the, the, the verse goes, I think it's in uh, Peter, God loves a cheerful giver. And hardships are easier to endure uh, because we know they're temporary. We know that we're just happy through. Uh, John, at 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Matthew 6, 19-20, the familiar verses, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And another sign of our inheritance is there's no, there's no need to fear. A Christian's who, who live out their spiritual inheritance tend to be calm in the face of trials. I mean, when you have the king of all kings as your father and as your provider and as your protector, protector I mean, how can you live in fear with God as your protector? I mean, I, I know for me there's this little reason to freak out, you know, knowing that God is in charge of the whole thing. He's a mighty warrior. I mean, I sometimes say to my wife, you know, it, it'll all work out. It'll work out. And, and she knows that what I mean by that is that God will work it out. I don't know how, but he will. Romans 8, 15 and 16, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen? We are children of God. Another sign of our inheritance is that we are ready for battle. As heirs of God's kingdom, we can stand as more than conquerors, as the scripture says. We're undefeated by earthly rulers, undefeated by fallen angels or uh, demons, uh, undefeated by spiritual powers or anything in creation. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 37 through 38. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God for that. So Christians who look out their spiritual inheritance know that they have the ammunition 
that you need to overcome the enemy and schemes, to overcome temptations, to overcome addictions, you name it, to overcome doubts, you know, as they stand firm on God's promises. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the vindication from me, declares the Lord. Amen. And then, number five, uh, being spirit-filled is another sign of our inheritance. When people take hold of their spiritual inheritance and allow the Holy Spirit who, by the way, is, is the seal and guarantee of our inheritance, as Scripture says. When we allow the Holy Spirit to become active in our hearts, I mean, you can't help but notice a difference. You know, there's, there's, when you see people like that, there's sort of like this glow above them. And I know you know what, what I'm talking about. I mean, we all have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, but we all know people who just seem to have this thing about them where the Holy Spirit is just like this picture below. I, I don't know how to describe it. You know what I'm talking about. We know people like that. 2 Corinthians uh, 2, uh, 21-22 And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put His seal on us and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So when we allow God to work through us more and more, we'll experience His divine nature in us. Our choices, our thoughts, our words and actions, they all become more and more God-centered. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So let's, let's be actual heirs and not just followers. I mean, sadly, not all spiritually mature Christians will live out their God-given inheritance on earth. I mean, they might have a, an, this in-depth knowledge of the Bible and, and follow God out of uh, a rote obedience, you know, rather than out of love for Him, uh, there's it is more of a head knowledge, you know, rather than a, a realization of their spiritual identity in their hearts, and and, and they might even doubt some parts of, of the Bible uh, when they can't seem to live out its promises. Ephesians 1, 5-6 He predestined us for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will to the praise, praise of His glorious grace in which He has blessed us in the Beloved. And to live out our spiritual inheritance requires us to renew our minds, renew our hearts, our souls and our strength to love God the same way. Hearts, minds, soul, and strength. And this often requires us to submit 
in humility our lives to God's Holy Spirit. And then to, to, to thrive in a new family. You know, a godly a community that encourages one another and admonishes one another to turn to God for everything. So, you know, look around. You know, those are your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's your family. And there are new eternal brothers and sisters in Christ with whom we can unite together. With whom we can pursue God and, and seek Him. And seek to know Him more. So may, may we seek to experience God the Father as His sons and daughters. Uh, we have received this, this great and wonderful inheritance. You know, rather and just being followers. Amen.